It's crazy. I just did a video about an hour ago, 30 minute long video talking about the Disney Plus MCU thing that ended up happening. <laughs> and people called me crazy when I told them they have no idea how modern, how like TV has ever worked, actually. And come to find out they didn't. Actually, before we even go further deep into it, they didn't even have a showrunner. They actually thought that they should just have an executive that was in Marvel just be kind of like what a showrunner is without a pilot episode and then they would just kind of fix the shows with editing after they were done filming all the episodes. So their idea was no showrunner, executive who was already in the Marvel brand, they film all the episodes at once and they just edit them. No wonder why this crap is terrible. I was about to say, sounds like they're running out of money. <laughs> fix it in post. That that's always the trick, right? Oh, is that I mean, how you do it? Fix that's, it. Yeah, post? you just fix it in post. Fix it unless in post. unless you're the Flash movie, then you didn't even do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just gaslight people and be like, "Oh yeah, the fans are like, oh yeah, them delaying it, it's actually gonna help the movie." No, delaying it probably made it even worse. Actually, that movie ended up like dog shit. Good lord. And also, Kevin Feige found out that Daredevil wouldn't even have appeared in his suit until episode four. And he was like, nah, I'm good on this. Scrap this. Start over. So that's why people saw the headlines of them getting new writers because he saw what they were doing with the show. They're doing some sort of police procedural. When Daredevil wouldn't have appeared in his suit for a hot minute in the episodes, he was like, nah, new people. Fuck this. They even did pure shows, actually. So... Remember, after Far From Home concluded Phase 3 of the MCU, people forget they announced they were going to do shows. These shows were supposed to be limited series where basically they could do many little movies about characters that probably wouldn't need movies anyway. So they would do that. They would get a, you know, you would have shows on Disney Plus, streaming service coming at the time for Bob Iger, trying to get that going. And you'd also have movies at the same time as well. So you'd have movies, shows, movies, shows. So you'd have like WandaVision come out. Then you'd have Black Widow. And then we had freaking Falcon Winter Soldier. Then you'd have uh, Shang-Chi, is kind of, that's kind of supposed to be the synergy. Movies and TV, same time. But turns out that had a bad reflection on the audience because that's just too much content. Literally, WandaVision comes out, a week break, then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Literally, it was a week after, and then it's out again. Then after mm -hmm. that, two-week break. Before Loki, here's Black Widow. You're like, okay. Then there's Loki. After that, they're like, you know what? We'll give you What If, which... I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> I really don't know what that is. What if they actually made good content? Probably not, right? Then they took Miss Marvel. They pushed it to 2022 because she was supposed to be on 2021. They moved her to 2022. Then you had Shang-Chi, Eternals, Hawkeye, and all those shows come out. Absolutely crazy. And then you have people talking about fatigue and all this stuff going on. And it's like, yeah, that's a lot of content coming out. There's not enough time to digest all that shit. And people figured out. The ratings for them kept on going down, down. Loki was the highest viewed one. WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. was probably because those are characters that people know. The characters that people did know had the bad ratings, actually. Moon Knight, which he's he's a character that people would know if you like this stuff, but he's not going to be a name everyone knows just, you know, from name brand recognition alone, right? Characters like She-Hulk, only known because she's the girl version of Hulk, as people would call her, call her. some casuals would call her, right? Secret Invasion. That's only name value alone because they did nothing about that story. So that's not, I don't know what that is. It's Secret Invasion by name, but is it really Secret Invasion? Probably Secret Invasion of, of my, you know, my brain getting absolutely mauled to death, right? Then obviously Hawkeye and Miss Marvel stunk. So, you know, those ratings were, were trash too. So, yeah, that's the whole spiel of the Disney plus MCU TV show bit. Oh, yeah, Star Wars isn't just as good. Their rating stinks too. That that That's not also better for them. They just don't know how to do television. They just don't. It's very apparent they don't. Well, they don't but, know how to handle these properties specifically. The 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 fatigue stems from 
the problems with the content. The problems with the content is the content isn't good. So if the content mm-hmm. was good, there would be no fatigue. We'd just sure. have we'd be scrambling to keep up with all of the good content, which is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, because that means people are scrambling to give you their money rather than mm-hmm. annoyed that they're attempting to. And that that's what, what the issue really is and where this all stems from. The 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 fatigue argument is an excuse for mm-hmm. them continuing to pump out bad content. Yeah, I mean, here's a here's a good example. Uh, you know, let's think back to like the 1990s when like Buffy was, you know, airing every season. Nobody got tired of Buffy. And, you know, on top of, you know, Buffy mm-hmm. having a new season, they would also have reruns of Buffy. And not one person bitched about too much Buffy because Buffy was fun to watch. So unless you just all already weren't a Buffy fan, in which case it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't made for you and therefore it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, but the people who liked that kind of content, they were there. They showed up. It didn't matter that there was a bunch of it. They mm-hmm. were happy to right. consume it. Then you also had this thing where, oh God, these these not not just the visuals of the shows look bad. You would watch these episodes. I, I would stay up week to week watching this late at night before I had to go to bed to watch these episodes. And it's not that there are nothing burgers, it's just pacing is really bad. The dialogue is is abysmal. I mean, you you could tell the, the these shows were either made by a hamster on a wheel or just a bunch of cats running around. Well, some of the episodes are literal nothing burgers. Some of the episodes, nothing <laughs> happens. They're, they're, Episode they're, of they're, Hawkeye where he's going around in the festival. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> that was a completely useless episode. But there are a lot of episodes like that in all mm-hmm. of these Disney Plus shows. They're, they try and pad out these shows. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why, because they're, they're spending an exorbitant amount of money on each of these episodes, 10, 20, 30 million dollars an episode. Right. And, you know, to just put it on their own platform and therefore they're not getting advertising revenue off of it. It's not attracting a bunch of new subscribers, so they're not monetizing it. It's actually just ultimately a net loss. They're in the red from these projects because they're spending money mm-hmm. on the project to produce it, to advertise it, but then nobody's paying them for it. Mm. That's how you end up in the red, and, and they are in the red on a lot of these projects. Uh, if you watch channels like Valiant Renegade or WW yeah. Pro, um, you know they go into a lot of detail in depth on how some of these properties are actually just overall in the red. Star Wars, there used to be a joke around this this uh, general side of the internet mm-hmm. of how the solo movie lost money. Well, yeah. actually, the truth is Star Wars lost money. Yeah, Star Wars as a whole, the brand mm-hmm. is in the red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There have been a couple of successful projects, but it hasn't been enough for Disney to get into the black um, on what they paid for the uh, mm-hmm. for the property, which is really. And there's bad. so many things that they could have done. Like they fucked up Solo like so bad. Like mm-hmm. it was really bad. But um, and Andrew's heard me talk about this before. But like one of the first things that Lucasfilms did when the mantle got passed over was they shook the foundation of the fan base. And this goes back to the social economy status that people establish which is where they basically take an ip and they attach it to part of their identity so for example if i asked andrew what you know hogwarts house he is he would tell me slytherin yes that's (laughs) part of it right um you know he's even got the cane he's invested i love it i want to be the blm house i've got the cane (laughs) i've got my hogwarts house uh set of the books Yeah, so imagine if I imagine <laughs> if I told Andrew that in the new remaking of of Harry Potter, um, Slytherin was now the new Hufflepuff. 
<laughs> but that's essentially what you know Lucasfilm did when they basically took all that lore that they had for like the last 20 years and said it's fiction it never existed and by the way the physics that was established in this universe this is gone too right so you have people that identified as like Jedi and Sith mm -hmm. Mandos all that other stuff they're all sitting there being like okay so like what do we what do we do with this thing that we've invested over 20 30 years of our life now and, you know, the first movie came out and everybody was kind of like semi-forgiving of the Mary Sue. They're like, okay, you're getting on your feet, Luke, you know, the, the guy isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with the second one. And then, of course, like the studio was all like, oh, man, it's toxic fans where we're kind of like, you've like really fucked up like everything. Like, what are you doing right now? And then, you know, KK had the audacity in the interview to basically say, or in any interview she was doing, she's like, you don't know how hard it is to write a story for a universe that has no lore. And we were all sitting there like... <laughs> you mean all of that lore that you threw out day one, right? Yeah, like in the fir your first month in office, first thing you did, threw out all the lore, being like, oh yeah, we don't need this. Like, we I'll don't never have get mountains of source You know what's material. crazy to me? Uh, you did, you threw it out. <laughs> You know what's crazy to me is someone could just sit on a stage in front of thousands of people, straight face, and tell you some bullshit, and them not they themselves not start laughing at how stupid that sounds. It's just really it's like yeah, yesterday when I was going at that one trans freak, that horrible idea that person had. Like factoring, DC is already in, their, their standards are, are pretty low to the ground right now. They're, they're like to the floor, but even they were like, nah, that is extra garbage. We don't want any of that. Oh, was an idea. Wanting to yeah. Oh, yeah. That was an idea that this yeah. person had. Everyone, even look, the only person that liked it fucking hell was Brian Michael Bendis. Holy shit. Well, of course, he already have... ruined the Superman family with his <laughs> yeah. with his run anyway. I have he a policy. Up... I have a policy that when you make a character, you're remaking a character, that character should not actually look like you in real life. <laughs> like that that is that is a like that should not be like a qualifying thing. But right now it is like, you know, I'm not Starfire. That's definitely one. This new <laughs> this new remake of Connor Kent as a as oh, yeah. person that's going from one side to the other. Like, Do you know who's also Spider-Man now? Nightcrawler. Kurt Wagner is Spider-Man. I don't know why. Because reasons, right? <laughs> There's a it's like a, a mini series that the, it's stupid. Every they the the Spider-Man name and brand has been diluted beyond all recognition. Um, Hi, Dan Gray. Hi, crazy. Really annoying. It's um, so weird that you have people like that who draw characters like that. I just said it because no, I, I always say the quiet part. I love that people won't say nobody wants that kind of freak shit in their books. No, no one does. There's the reason why no one buys that. No one would buy that. Imagine if that had its own name to it, its own property and brand to it. Is anybody really buying that? No one's buying. There might be that. a few, but only a few. And the the, the issue it is, it might be their mom and their dad. They're marketing to a demographic that largely isn't into this stuff, doesn't actually mm -hmm. care about this stuff, and therefore they're marketing to an audience that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you are playing not you're not even playing from behind. You're just not playing. You're advertising in Asian mode. That's what you're doing. Right? Yeah, you're advertising that, it, on Asian difficulty. Yeah, that's basically yeah. what it is. <laughs> Throw a Stephen He reference in there. I'm here for it. Yeah. Like, it it's really foolish, and I don't understand why they well, actually, I do know why they do it. They think that they can. It's a two-parter, really. One, they are too lazy to create something fresh and original that maybe does cater to that that demographic, and it's aimed specifically at that demographic, which that's fine. Market it to that demographic, but you have to make it for them from Jump Street. Don't take something existing. You just want the existing brand recognition, utilize mm -hmm. the existing iconography, because you're too lazy to put in the work to endear 
your own character to an audience. And it's going to be a very small audience considering what they're trying to go for. Captain America, Spider-Man, the X-Men, these characters weren't like hits overnight. Sure, they were they were successful in the beginning, but it took decades for them to build into the icons that they are now. And these people don't want to do that. These people don't view comic books as a medium of entertainment that stands on its own. They see it as an IP farm. They see it as something to just push a quick Netflix deal to make a, a quick whatever, you know, 30K or something like that if they sell it to if they sell the, the licensing to Netflix or Amazon Prime or whoever else that is stupidly interested in their crap. Um, and so they just want to ride the coattails of existing characters. And that's why they end up gender swapping, sexuality swapping, mm -hmm. race swapping, all of these things. And the other is that they want their they're self-obsessed people. Mm -hmm. They are, a lot of them are, narcissistic is a word that gets tossed around very flippantly mm -hmm. um, these days. But I believe a lot of these people that are in these creative positions do actually be at least some level of narcissist. And the reason is because they, they believe that they have to have their identity permeate and it be acknowledged throughout everything. It has to be a blanket covering um, of all entertainment like it it'll, it would never be enough it'll never be enough in terms of how much representation we have so it it they have to see themselves in literally everything so it's yeah, ideological and it's lazy and and you know there's that other thing that you know there's that other narrative of like only write what you know kind of thing so it's mm -hmm. always interesting when people are like i need you to write like more diverse characters in your story but write what you know it's like okay well last time i checked i looked in the mirror and i'm not a black woman so i probably shouldn't write about a black woman Right. But then they'll yell at me for not having black women in, in my story kind of thing. Um, but touching on um, mm -hmm. kind of I'm going to circle back a little bit to something that Andrew said um, about how they can't get it to sell because it's a niche market. Um, you can actually go to places like Indiegogo and Kickstarter and those projects are actually there. And so here's the thing. They're getting funded over there. Right. Because mm -hmm. the people who are funding it and starting it up over there already have their audience and their niche, and they're not mm -hmm. trying to force themselves into a, a market that's not like super willing to like take you know to to, to accept it. Um, and some of the some of the stuff that they've got on those campaigns, uh, you know, definitely not me. I am not the target audience for that. But I always bring it up because people are saying like we need to see more of it, and I'm like, it's out there. It's just not like. It's not like the number two. And it's that's not Superman. It's not Batman. It's yeah. Not Batman. yeah. 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 So, I mean, and they got all kinds of things out there. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I actually, uh, just for, for science, I backed the, uh, the waifu simulator thing that they had on there just because it was, <laughs> it was fun. Right. And it like brought, they have like character stat sheets and cards. Like it's almost like a card game. Like there was some serious like effort that went into this. And I was like, I have to back it. I have to. And if there's a market for it, then there's a market for it. It's, yeah. It only becomes an issue if they're trying to take something that's pre-existing and alter that. Yeah. To the demographic that they want to cater to. Well, yeah. And you should go see work. how you should go see how much money that particular like waifu um, campaign made, because first off, they knew their audience. They weren't trying to force themselves. Sure. Did they did they play on a couple of tropes just for Teehee's sake? Like, yeah, they did that. Mm -hmm. Right. Not on the infringing thing. Um, but it's just like I, and it goes back to like we need more. We need to see it. We need to be mainstream. And it's like you don't need to see it. What you want it to be is popular. And when you go to folks and you start telling them what to like and not like, that's when you always get like a bunch of pushback, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you're also challenging people's like, you know, accepted information about things uh, for the longest time. Like, you know, Connor Kent wasn't bisexual. Connor Kent was just like a kid, right? Right. And now, and now Connor Kent's coming out and he's doing all kinds of crazy things that's challenging what people already knew. Same thing with Iceman. Like for the longest time, Iceman was actually kind of a playboy, right? And then suddenly Iceman is... Uh, what I, I don't know what sexuality they're referring they flat, to. They turn him flat gay, if I remember correctly. Oh, is he? Like, oh, so like he's not okay. even bi. They just, they just a, a okay. hard, a hard 180. Yeah. And, you know, like if he had started off as full homo, I wouldn't care. Right. But they, mm -hmm. they took somebody and they changed it. But they can't really justif justify other than we're doing it because he has more eyes on him. And it's just it's the like, same thing that yeah. um, what's the black? Oh, the black lightning guy. When he was going after Eric, it's that thing that he said that no one picked up on in his thread. He specifically said this line. I'm going to be on the right side of history. These people actually genuinely think this is going to be the future. Like this is the progressive thing to do. That's what they actually genuinely think. The progressive thing in their mind is not selling a product and wind up <laughs> eating your cat's food. And like what is they right side of that. history? They can keep like, that future. No one knows what the right side of the future is going to be because yeah. we can't really predict that. But I know for sure no one's going to like that because the sales don't include it either. Also, it's crazy how people like kind of want this stuff to move back to where it was. It, it I don't want to be this way either. It can't because I'm going to show people right now why it can't because people who work in there are so stupid. I swear their brains have been eaten by rats. Actually, their brains are just slobbered in liquid and, they, and it doesn't exist. And the excess of liquid coming out of their ears is horseshit. I want people to actually see this. We went over this before. And I'm pretty sure everyone saw this. And don't actually, I don't, I'm not trying to get mouth aids from reading this, but you know, whatever. We'll have a fun show here. Let's go. So Dan Slott, obviously, he's only really known for Superior Spider-Man, because obviously he made one good story in 10 years of working for this company. Because that's a great writer, obviously. This was his shit thread that he went through and said to people. Let's start here. It's impossible to ruin slash destroy a long-standing legacy character that's already wrong that's already disingenuous from the first five words he put there yeah because that doesn't exist right this is why i, mean, I just i just insane. described how they did it with star wars so it is yeah, possible i was gonna yeah. say you, you can destroy an entire franchise that mm -hmm. used to be basically guaranteed effortless money mm -hmm. um, or minimal effort money just by following the formula that was proven to work um and mm -hmm. put people of you know moderate talent on the projects like star wars just mm -hmm printed money for the longest time and now right. all it does is lose money so dan slot is dumbass um and i wouldn't call him a completely talentless hack of a writer because he has put out a handful of good stories but that's in the minority of the stories that he's put out most of the hmm. stories that he's put out are underwhelming shallow it, it, and it's like un, how... unthought through garbage how do you like even take someone this seriously? Someone who works in the industry when they're already typing horse shit like this in their first sentence of their fucking threads. It's like, how, how do you genuinely believe that? What are you actually living under a rock? Tisa says, if an iconic character's been around for 50 plus years, they're indestructible. Uh it's, it's false. You, you can destroy you can destroy anything. As whatever. long as you, you treat it like crap and you treat it like crap consistently. You can yeah, or irrevocably of, damage a brand. Yeah, or in the case of Superman, just leave us. Just be like, I can't stand Earth. It's too terrible. Goodbye. It was like, oh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for giving up on us, mm -hmm. bro. Whatever current aspect slash storyline displeases you as a fan can be hand waved down the road. Okay, yeah. So just make a bunch of storylines and go like, eh, 
reboot Universal, which you just paid your hard-earned money for, doesn't exist. Yeah, because that's always been shown to work, right? It's a, it's that a lazy, off your customers. It's a lazy position, and Carol can speak to this because she's a very talented writer. But if you're oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> if uh, if if you're looking <laughs> at the story that is currently being produced as a matter of oh, we can just retcon that later on. You're already starting from the wrong position. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be sitting there being like, yeah, maybe this is bad. Maybe people are going to hate it, but we can just undo it later. No, you should be actively trying to write something that's of quality and that people will actually enjoy because those two things combined guarantee that they come back. Mm -hmm. The character you love will always be fine. Yeah, yeah, tell us about the comic book sales. No, yeah. no, actually that's horse shit because I'm a Wally West Flash fan and <laughs> I can tell you that's like the hardest position to be in as a comic book fan in the world because they're either removing him from the timeline completely, character assassinating him and turning him into a mass murderer or cucking him to another character because reasons and nobody understands how Flash lore works. So yeah, the characters aren't always going to be just fine. That's I'd argue that the works. Flash character that I just saw in that Flash movie might have been the thing. I, I, I don't know what I was watching. Was that Flash? I no. thought it was just a dude in a red suit running around like he was retarded. Because he's actually just trash. <laughs> that was the Flash? The Flash movie that just came out literally didn't even feature his main villain that has caused him, what, pain and havoc his entire life? They they, they called the movie Flashpoint. Or it was supposed, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was Flashpoint originally. But yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they wound up changing it uh, because they probably somebody at least realized, oh, we're gonna call it Flashpoint, but not have the main villain of Flashpoint in it. Kind of. Yeah, because that idea. makes sense, right? And then we'll, you, but you instead can't of have having a Flashpoint Flash... story without Reverse Flash, Ao Barthon, you can't have it without having um, Thomas Wayne Batman. You can't right, have it yeah. without having the war between Atlantis and Themyscira, and. That was, that was just a really poorly made movie on a technical level, on a writing level. I just call it Every ghetto version of Flashpoint. That That's like a ghetto version of something you get. It's like going to a you know, you go, go to like supermarket markets and they have like, like, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but you get the other one that you can't afford, the brand quality one. It, it's called like Toast Crunch Cinnamon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what you get. It's like those off-brand cereals that tasted like crap uh, from them so because you can't afford it. Oh, oh God, he types more. That's People. Yeah, it's one of, were, it's one of six. Yeah, I tell people, hey, if you have a shitty idea, just just tell, just say it in your head. You don't got to tell everybody this. You just keep it to yourself. But what if I don't want to wait that long? If a legacy character has been around for fifty plus years, chances are good that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of stories about them in various media you haven't read slash seen, experienced yet. This is true. This is true, and actually, a lot of comic book fans right now are doing exactly that. All of the current stuff that's coming out of DC and Marvel is mostly garbage or at best painfully Mid. mediocre and <laughs> therefore with like probably a couple of very minor exceptions that are decent. Mm -hmm. um, so the majority of comic book fans that are longtime fans of the medium and longtime fans of these characters are digging either digging back into their long boxes or their shelves that have all their trade paperbacks, their graphic novels and all that. They're rereading stuff they already know is good. Exactly. Or um, I've, I've got a, a stack of Flash comics this tall, like over a foot and a half tall that I'm currently rereading, um, mm -hmm. which is hundreds and hundreds of issues. Or they're going to their local comic book shop and they're picking up back issues to dive into. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is a true statement. But the reason that that statement is important and the context that makes it incredibly important 
that he's leaving out is people are doing that because the current stuff's bad. Yeah, they're not he doing take... it just because they want to re-experience something good. Yeah, and the thing is, like, the market's chasing something really, like, every now and then I'll go into, like, the local comic book shop and I'll just take a picture of the covers and I'll send it out to somebody. But if you go and actually take a look at some of these covers that they have that are out for, like, the modern, newer issues that are coming, like, they're being brought out every month, um, they look like they should be in the yaoi section of a manga shop. <laughs> um and I, I wish I was joking, but I'm not, right? And for some reason, whenever they're creating these issues and thinking of how the best way to market and reach people, they're thinking that that's the best imagery to do that. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of people who've been reading comic books, and I know there's like a 10%, like whatever over there, mm -hmm. but a lot of them, when they read these comics, didn't really like start gravitating towards Yowie. You know, they, they wanted the comics for the way that they were before. Mm -hmm. So when you start shoving that in their face, you're going to get that pushback, right? Um, now, another thing that I also want to point out that I don't know why this usually gets kind of overlooked, but the biggest buyers of Yowie are actually women, right? Um, Wait, and you I'm guys not... actually like entertainment stuff? For you, Women like entertainment? No way. It told me you guys just want our entertainment. <laughs> mm. But um, but no, and so the reason I'm pointing that out is because we're talking about demographic and the target audience and stuff like that, right? Um, so mm -hmm. because this thing looks like it's selling really well, like the people on the surface think like, like okay, cool, that's that's what we need to do. Right. That's how we need to start marketing things without actually looking into the pedagogy of why it is that it is doing it that mm -hmm. way. Um, and now they're just basically trying to push that kind of material on an audience that's just like, no, nah, that's not what I want. I guess I'll go buy the back issue. Right. Then so. what I also want to point out for his comment here is this, is, as he, Andrew put it out, it, it leaves out genuine context of just because there's a thousand stories that exist for like the flash, not all of them are good. And if we're yeah. panning out to what you said earlier, the back, the ones before was the Jeff Johns era before and the stuff before new 52, that stuff's the good stuff. So if there's thousands of stories of a character out there, that's cool. Let's be honest here. Not all that shit is good. But it, it also the, doesn't mean that we don't character. want more new stories that are good. Right, right, yeah. Thing. So it, it's a it's a non-argument to be like, oh, fine. If you think the new stuff's crap, then, you know, go read the old stuff. Well, yeah, that's what I'm already doing. However, I've already <laughs> read all the old stuff, or the vast majority of the old stuff at the very least. And I would like good new stories as well of these characters mm -hmm. that I like. I want to see them in the hands of writers that understand the characters and want to take them in directions that maybe they haven't completely been before, put them in new situations that shows me that this writer understands the character because they can put a character that's existed for 60, 70 years into a new situation that challenges who they are, mm. but still keeps them true to themselves. And that takes good writing and that takes understanding the characters and the existing worlds there. None of these people over at DC do that these days, and or Marvel or Star Wars. That's basically. But all. the current no. storyline hurts and disrespects the character. I'm defending them. Yes, because if people are paying their hard-earned money, and they're seeing their characters just basically destroyed week on after week after week, I, I'd hope a person would go, "I'm going to defend the character and talk about the character I love getting out assassinated in front of my face." That's this is not a bad thing. This is not a bad thing at all. It shows people actually care. You don't want someone to not care about about your product the worst thing about all this stuff is if no one's talking about your stuff that's the worst thing that means no one cares about it in general enough to talk about it for a character to stay vital slash fresh especially one that's been around for 50 plus years storytellers have to take risks and try things that haven't been done with that character before 
that's fine. But you can do that. Two things can be true at once. You can try new things. Mm -hmm. Just like I was saying, put characters into new situations, but mm -hmm. they can still remain who they are at their core. You mm -hmm. have to do that. Otherwise, the character is unrecognizable and they're the character in name only. That's just called being respectful to an existing property. You can try mm -hmm. new things. That's fine. But you still have to try new things through the lens of maintaining the integrity of the character. And whenever that happens, whatever ways those stories deviate from the norm will inevitably upset a number of the hardcore fans. Holy mother of God. Yeah, Imagine. those are the people you want to piss off. The hardcore fans who dedicate their hard-earned dollars to you. Those are the people you piss off. Those people. Yeah, what the? This is why things can't get better. People like that think that. That's terrible. You can give casuals literally anything. They'll eat it up. They're casual. There's probably more casuals in a lot of fandoms than, than most people. That's fine. They'll, 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 they'll just kind of gravitate towards whatever's going to be there. Hardcore fans are going to be here forever. Like, the actually casuals, forever. The casuals are only going to be there in so long as the, the topic right. is, a, mm -hmm. is a hot button topic of conversation. Because mm -hmm. casuals and general audiences, by, by default and by definition, only care about being a part of the popular conversation. They only mm -hmm. care that it's popular culture. If if the MCU had never like popped off and mm -hmm. superhero films had never become this giant craze at you know as blockbusters for the last decade plus, none of this would have happened because they wouldn't have cared. The general audience didn't care about any of that stuff. The general audience is largely made up of people that made fun of geeks like myself and others who were fans mm -hmm. of this stuff growing up while it was uncool while it wasn't popular <laughs> while it was geek crap right this cape shit they don't care about that all they care about is talking about whatever the newest most popular thing is well they chased away the longtime hardcore fans that they upset because they upset us for too freaking long and now this stuff has gone down the toilet so far and for so consistently that now the the general audience of normies doesn't care anymore because it's no longer a popular topic of conversation so you actually lost twice. Conversely, they could also excite other parts of the base and catch the attention of new fans. Those deviations are necessary time to time. Nothing what you just said here is necessary. All that's just dog shit. <laughs> How people think these things in their head and think they're actually good to say on Twitter is beyond me. Without these wild swings and stories that take big risks, there'd be the danger of the property growing stale and predictable. Okay, so... Here's a concept. Good and evil is mostly always predictable in storytelling. That's never stopped it from selling as a concept very well since, I don't know, the dawn of time. Romance is very predictable, but because it is predictable, it's why it's the billion money. dollar industry, right? Like, you know that these two characters at the start of the story are going to get together, right? That's how it yeah. goes. Mm -hmm. And again, for a character to have survived so long, that's there's the knowledge of reboot reinvention or hand wave could put all the toys back in the box no no one likes that no one likes shit that they spent their money on to just be rebooted because what you just read knowledge just doesn't matter you just wasted your time because it doesn't it matters in the grand scheme of things yeah um that's that's why reboots are really dangerous um mm -hmm. mechanisms for storytelling because you're effectively telling your audience especially the Maybe not people who are just jumping in at that reboot, but you're telling people effectively that have been there for years, decades, even sometimes, mm -hmm. that the things that they consumed leading up to that point never happened. Doesn't matter. 
that's useless. So they wasted their time on, and money in most mm-hmm. cases on stories that didn't happen, stories that don't matter. That was one of the big criticisms of DC's New 52 reboot, mm-hmm. where they erased the vast majority of DC's history up to that point. Character relationships were erased. Some characters just on the whole were were erased. You know, um, events were changed. Everything was screwed up. And that made a lot of longtime fans really unhappy. It Some of the books were actually good. A lot of them were not. And mm-hmm. while I can understand wanting to jump onto the kind of hype train that was... Because New 52 reboot happened in 2011. So what mm-hmm. was going on in 2011? Well, the MCU was starting to really pop off. And so right. was just superhero films in general. And so they reasonably were like, hey, how do we get new readers in on this, right? How do we, how do we give them a good jumping on point? Well, we'll start with a completely clean slate. Okay, on paper, that might sound not like a completely foolish idea for a minute until you consider all of the fans that you had that got you to where you yeah and then it was backwards because they literally built this as oh it's the first reboot for all the characters so if you weren't a fan of this for a long time you just get in right now this issue number one we're doing of any of these popular characters but then later on in new 52's lifespan they literally made stories where if you didn't know what happened before you're just lost he's completely out of the loop so their own marketing ended up screwing them over too. Yeah, I, I bet people love when Lobo just that Lobo you were reading this entire time doesn't matter. It's just another mood that just killed him. Uh, comic book bullshit. Am I right? Despite any historianonics, uh, I can't. I'm black. I can't. Historianics. I'm black. I can't read. The media tell me that all the time, man. <laughs> always the knowledge of the of always the knowledge that the fan base that existed before you felt the exact same way over a previous story or status quo. And guess what? That character we all know and love is still here and thriving. Thriving where? Who talks about these characters like that? Outside of, like, seeing them in movies. Do people talk about Captain America from his comic books? Which they which they literally just rebooted again. He was Sentinel of Lib- a symbol of liberty or whatever, or Sentinel of liberty. Now they have another one that just started last week. It was talking about Captain America like that. I don't know, all, all the five Spider-Man books that will be out there. And yeah, he's... This is right. They're going to do another Spider-Boy book or the new Spider-Man, Spider-Boy. I don't know what it's going to be, but whatever. Also, if you think a storyline has broken your favorite character for all time and you can't come with an idea for a story that fixed that, then your fan powers are lacking. Oh, yeah, because the people in charge can't do that. You're the one getting paid to do this. You're supposed to fix that. Not me. I'm just a fan. I'm supposed to just buy whatever your good shit you're supposed to put out. Yeah, I'm the problem. So, I mean, I think well, the problem is they're big... never going to do that. They're never going to actually hire fans yeah. to know what the hell they're doing. Remember back um, in the day, the cuff was always right. I could fix some of these characters, actually. <laughs> Not all. The ones that mm-hmm. I know a lot about. I, I, that... I would never claim to be able to fix, you know, the issues with like Captain America or the issues with some of these other characters out there, Daredevil mm-hmm. and whatnot, because well, I'm not they... as knowledgeable on them. Well, part of the problem with Captain America is that they had non-patriotic people try to write a patriotic character, and mm-hmm. they decided, like, hey, let's give him a, an identity complex. And it was like, he was never like that before you put your grubby hands on him. And then at one point, they were like, had him do, like, the Hail Hydra, and then they were all confused. It's like, oh. what are you talking about? This is a great <laughs> plot twist. You guys should be loving it. it was and then like, they gave no. that same writer Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm. 
See, I love this. I, I love how he basically had all his thread and he basically summed it up in his last tweet to go, you know what? It's not our problem. It's your problem. You're the, you're the fans. You're the issue. Wait a minute. Huh? Back in the day it was customers always right. Customer could do just treat you like shit, but they're always right. Now as customer, hey, you can go fuck yourself. You're an instaphobe. You're a bigot, whatever. And, and I actually probably don't even like you. I probably never liked you in general, but can you fund my project? Can you give us money for our newest movies? What is yeah. that? If you don't give us the money to, to fund another movie, then you're a whateverism at this point. Yeah. It's like, oh, how are you going to know? Like, are you going to go into my bank and know exactly what I paid for? No, I didn't think so. Calm it down, my man. Calm it down. Thing, if, and this is the key part of this thing. If you think a storyline has broken your favorite character for all time and you can't come up with an idea, why should I be coming with these ideas? You're the fucking George. George. What? Yeah, if I'm going to come up with the idea, then Marvel or DC need to give me the job and take it away from you. <laughs> Yeah, I'll fix, I'll fix, I'll fix things. You just got to pay me for it. Time is oh, money, and, friend. And, and we know that. They don't really pay their people very well or on time. If someone no, said no. they do pay well. If they pay well, they don't pay you on time. So yeah, your bank account's going to be pretty much in the red overdrafting fees while your uh, check is pending because they don't pay you on time. It doesn't matter if they pay you well. They It really doesn't matter if you get paid well, if you get paid like six months into a year and your fucking bills are... On a piling up, and you have no food and eat dog food or some shit. Good example of that is uh, a writer in comics uh, by the name of Ian Flynn. He uh, is probably the best or among the best Sonic the Hedgehog writers ever. Um, he is the writer for IDW's Sonic book, which was like their only good book. Um, and he was writing some of the later Archie Comics Sonic the Hedgehog books as well before they lost the license. Um, IDW was smart enough to hire him on and, and keep him because he knows his stuff when it comes to the franchise. He not only is a very talented writer, puts out quality stuff in terms of the comics, but he has also assisted on writing for some of the games and mm -hmm. other media. He put out on Twitter, um, I forget how long ago, I think it was within, like in the last month or so. He lives off of credit. He's writing all of this stuff that's, you know, of, of pretty decent quality at, at the very least, very minimum. He's living off of credit. He's live on, living off of money that's already been spent. The, the yeah. mainstream doesn't pay their people. They literally had a thing. doesn't pay the people that even deserve it. I, in Wizard of Oz, I remember toward the end of the movie, end of the book, the the guy who was behind the curtain. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain, guys. They live there. The hashtag that happened, everyone knows about. Called comics broke me. Now, if these companies actually paid very well. Why would these people feel the need to do that? Even though we, you know, I, I wouldn't agree with people with like their ideologies or politics, nothing. But I do agree that if they did work for you, you should pay them. That that is like, you did the work, you should get paid. I don't agree with you politically about about things, but you should get paid for your work. They don't even pay them. Okay. These people are out here on Twitter. I shit you not defending these companies as, as if like they're their wives and husbands. Yet these companies, not only don't pay them, and when we found on the writer strike, couldn't care less if they were even, even living homeless out of their cars. But they'll defend them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't get they don't they don't care if you died on the street, honestly. Mugged by a black guy, because they call it the crime, right? But you know, let's just insert that there. But I'm just saying, like they literally found out just with the writer strike, these people wouldn't care if you were on the street homeless, you lost everything. What are they defending here? Well, I'm the bad guy because I'm just saying I don't lie, like your shit. It's what? an abusive relationship that a lot of these people are in, and and they think that part of it, I think, is they don't have enough faith in themselves. Um, the ones that actually are talented, mm -hmm. they don't have enough faith in themselves that they could step out 
of the existing uh, kind of archaic model and formula of the mainstream hmm. where, you know, they're backed by these mega corporations. So whether the thing sells or not, Eric talks about this all the time, whether they're the product that they created sells or not, they get their paycheck, albeit sometimes late. Um, they'd rather stay in that abusive relationship, that old model that clearly isn't working then take a chance on themselves if they're actually somebody of talent, like, say, an Ian Flynn. Okay, fine. Um, IDW is not going to last much longer. They are mm -hmm. not doing well at all. Like, a, it's pretty bad. A Sonic book and uh, a TMNT book, both of which do well for IDW-type numbers, mm -hmm. the, you can't prop up an entire company that's paying licensing fees for all these properties because your profit margin's too low on them. Mm -hmm. Right. So he honestly is probably better off taking those writing skills that he has and that knowledge that he has gained over the course of spending years, decades, learning and understanding Sonic the Hedgehog lore and applying that to creating something new himself and making a living off of that, something that he would be the primary uh recipient of the profits on and he wouldn't have to worry about a late paycheck because he'd be putting out something that's of quality i think that people who are fans of sonic and fans of the quality of work that he has put out would at minimum give him the once over on that mm -hmm. like if as long as he did his due diligence to like put real effort and it didn't just look like a sonic the hedgehog knockoff like maybe don't even go the anthropomorphic kind of animal route do something completely different um, but as long as it looks like it's of quality and he markets it well, like there's, I see no reason. Like I would give him a shot. I would 100% give him a shot. If tomorrow he said, you know what guys, I'm step either. I'm stepping away for ID from IDW or I'm going mm -hmm. to, you know, do this on the side as well. I'm going to put this thing up, up on Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Or maybe he, he goes the, the route that the Ripperverse has or like Shane Davis put, or uh, Eric Weathers puts up his own website gives a brief breakdown and overview of what the project is. If it looks cool, awesome. There's my money. I'll give you a shot. Impress me with this first one. I'll stick around. Do you know what's also something that you brought up there? Because I, I don't know if you're a fan. I don't know if you're a fan of sports. I don't know if she is. But name recognition really drives people to come watch you. Like actual big name talent. The reason why I think a lot of people don't buy books, even though their stories are not even good, big name talent isn't there. There's no reason why Grant Morrison, people like Mark Miller, people like Tom McFarlane, people like Jeff Johns, all these people should be writing these stories. Oh, Chuck Dixon, reason why he shouldn't be there. Reason why Joe Bennett should not be there. Those are the big name talent you bring on to have people write read your stuff. These people now that they're trying to sell you on are like bench warmers. They wouldn't even get playtime even if the best people were like injured, honestly. Well, that's why these people defend the mainstream so hard. They know they're bench warmers. They know they're yeah, frauds. They, they they're know frauds. that they <laughs> they know that if it's a sink or swim scenario where they have to fend for themselves on their own mm -hmm. without the backing of a mega corporation, they sink because mm -hmm. they don't have the talent or maybe they have the talent, but they lack the the drive. They, they have zero desire to put forth right. the actual effort. They just want to be like, Oh, well, my name's attached to Batman. So of course, you know, I'm going to make money. Well, Why Scott Snyder people, write, don't, ca people don't care about because... you. Pe people <laughs> care about Batman. They don't, they don't know you like that. They don't care about you. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, and then like kind of circling back to the writer strike, one of the justifications mm-hmm. that they said that they need to have six writers at the table was because every now and then they would bring like a new no-name writer and the only way that they were going to get their foot in the doors if they were part of like these bigger projects and stuff like that. Um, which I mean, that speaks to a different issue that's in the industry right now. So for one example is I talked to a guy who wanted to get into animation. He said no animation studio would talk to him until he did a five-year internship with a Japanese company, right? So what's really going on is because the industry is in such like a, a, a purse clutch mm-hmm. right now, they don't want to spend the money, they don't want to take risks on unknown, is that people mm-hmm. are trying to force them, right? And you're talking about brand recognition and things like that. Um, you know, could these bigger names work with a, a new writer and, and make a new story together? Yeah, absolutely. But because it, for some reason, it's either we work with the guy that we know, or we take, or we we push somebody that nobody's heard of before that's got no experience, mm-hmm. no nothing, right? And obviously, that latter option has terrible results. And I'm also going to point out that a lot mm-hmm. of the people who are in this latter category, I've mentioned this before, they're trust fund babies, right? So when they write, they're not writing to try and sell something. They're writing because they don't have to worry about making a profit, which I wish I was in that position. I wish when I wrote something, I didn't have to write it with the intention that I needed it to sell. So I could just write whatever like fanfic I wanted to write. Um, But because that's not the motive, like what the person that their intended reader like is it's dead. Right. So mm-hmm. you've got people that don't care about making a product that will sell. You have people that come for money. So the idea of actually having to like turn over profit that way, that's gone too. And then you also have people whose writing experience is not very much outside of college. Now I'll tell you that creative writing courses in college is technical writing. It's not actually creative writing. So they're not. And if I had, if I had a penny for every time I ran into somebody who's like, well, I have an English degree. Therefore I know how to write books. Like Eric wouldn't have to pay me anymore. Like it's just a fact. You know what's also so. weird about what you brought up is more as more of these layers are getting peeled back about about this dog shit industry. In the same article you're talking about, they also mentioned that they had 12 writers on these shows. That's okay. That's re- no one was shit stinks. That is way too many people. 12 writers for a show. Are you kidding me? There, there's a there's an old saying: too many cooks in the kitchen spoils the stew. Right. Um, Those stews really tasting like shit. And this this is basically the narrative Mm -hmm. storytelling entertainment version of that uh, where you have far too many people working on the same project when it comes to maintaining what the story is supposed to be and everybody's probably got their they probably all all got the same ideological stance but in terms of like where the story actually is supposed to be going Mm -hmm. i I don't think they're all on the same page that's how you end up with uh thor love and thunder which at no point that that is, I haven't I haven't seen um the what was it uh, Quantum Mania the most recent Ant Man Zero Desire, you don't need to <laughs> and I and I heard it was bad, but what I'm getting at is that hmm. I maintain Thor Love and Thunder is actually the worst MCU film. I put that below Miss Marvel or not Miss Marvel. God, I wish I had a real Miss Marvel movie um with <laughs> Carol Danvers the the Captain Marvel movie Captain Captain yeah. People um because that movie while not good at least has a coherent and followable plot. It's just kind of boring and mm. not particularly interesting. Whereas Thor Love and Thunder, at no point in that film does it have any idea where it came from, where it is now, and where the hell it's going. And you end up with things like that when you have too many people in charge of the story. 
I was going to tackle on to your point too with that because Thor Thunder, my second worst MCU movie, the one, one I hate the most, as you know, is the Eternals. I think that's just pure dog shit. I well, skipped Eternals completely. So with all, what also to tackle on to your point is Taika Waititi, even when he was directing Thor uh, Ragnarok, he basically said even recently there was one interview they, they he talked about Love and Thunder. He basically said word for word, "Oh, if you want to go read about Ragnarok, go read the books." Actually. Like the person that's directing the movie doesn't even value the source material. Oh, well, he also said, like I'll, "He also I, said I'll I'll mess up your lore, like flat." I'll yeah. make all your characters queer. He said that in another interview. Yeah, yeah. That no, the person that like, they're hiring don't even care about the source material, so we well, can't and, and get he doesn't, anything. and he mm-hmm. doesn't even care about what was done before. And I don't mean that in a lore sense. Like I don't, he doesn't care about like the movie tone that was done before. So like the one thing that made me really upset with the Thor movies is that. You know, one and two actually had the Shakespearean company come and coach mm-hmm. the the actors, right? So it had kind of like that that old time feel to it, which was really appropriate for Thor. It made it stand apart from Iron Man and the Hulk and all the other mm-hmm. stuff. And then Taiki came in and he basically was like, well, Deadpool seems really popular. Let's just put like Deadpool with the Thor costume on. And, you know, right down to like breaking third wall and and like just, just doing all of it. And and the thing that really gets me upset, this this vexes me quite a great deal, is when I run into people and they're like, well, I don't know anything about what this is, but I really like this. Or I watched this, I watched this movie to watch it by itself, but I don't really care about the the fact if it continues whatever was coming on before. That's such a fucking lame excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's basically like it's like saying I'm going to stick with my bad boyfriend because he still has my CDs in the car. Like that's that's what it reeks of to me. Like, so that's the reason why my dad left me. It's because I, I right? You should have kept your CD his CDs in your car. That's what you should have done. He he left for milk. But you, I bet he took the CDs with him as well as that. He mm. took a lot of things with him, and also money with raising us. But what do I know? <laughs> The other thing that you mentioned there with that is that Ragnarok story, actually, uh, even just general synopsis, but the Ragnarok story, it's basically the book of revelations for them, the lack of better, better terms. It's basically just revelation for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the movie kind of has some aspects to it about that, but not only does it not feel that when you're watching it, you're like, wait a minute, this is a completely different tonal shift from what I was watching mm-hmm. the first two movies. And a lot of that sometimes is from the fans. The fans kind of thought the other two movies were boring. So I guess from his perspective, if he thought the fans thought the first two movies were boring, let's try a tonal shift. But that doing that once is is like okay if it gives you results. You can't do that again. You lost your surprise factor. Now when he does it again, I know that's what you're gonna do, and that's how you get the living thunder. They basically invalidated Gore's reason for being a villain because the gods were treated him like a piece of shit. The gods were just dicks, right? So when Thor goes to these gods. Gore's right. All these guys ain't shit. So Gore's not a bad guy then. He's just a bad guy from the aspect of kidnapping children, which is very bad, right? So the whole movie's plot hinges on this guy was treated bad by gods, so he should go and kill gods. But if the gods are actually not good people, then he's not really a terrible human being or a terrible god, per se. The whole movie just invalidates itself. That That's the problem with a lot of the movies now that I've been seeing is the villains are bad. The villains aren't even really villains. They're kind of just like I don't know what you want to call them, honestly. Fraud villains. I mean, that, that, that's a term I might coin now. I'm going to be the big guy coining a lot of terms. No, The movies themselves are not consistent. The plot that you get is not even considerably good. And the characters you have are, you don't even care for them. Why are we in a death spiral? <laughs> it's like a death spiral. <laughs> We're just gonna, we, we, we get fucked every time, but they don't because, you know, reasons, right? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Lord, Taika is garbage and self Yeah, he's the. Uh, they wanted he's, him to do four or five. No, he's not. Oh, he did Jojo Rabbit. Okay, people, someone doing one good thing in their career means nothing. You need, For someone to actually have a good, long career, they need to do multiple good things. Okay, he did Jojo Rabbit. Great. What else you got for me? You got anything else? Yeah, as long as he's not touching somebody else's IP, then what he does is not bad. But it's when he starts working with other things where it just like goes mm-hmm. completely downhill. So it's like self-masturbation the entire time. Oh, God, I do that every night because I have no girlfriend. I have to touch my anime pillow. But, you know, what do I know about life, guys? Uh, but uh, recently, because uh, I have a solo video that I just did about, about this, so it'll come out soon. The whole DCEU prop problem. Now, I'm going to really keep this in mind. The DC fans, I know we're talking about the casuals, right? The casuals themselves have given up. The last, the, I think the last six or five DCEU movies haven't even taken in $400 million at the box office, even with Dwayne Johnson. So it's like, well, the Batman and the Joker, they don't count. They're not even in the same universe. I'm talking, their shared universe they try to sh- give you. We'll have to throw with Zack Snyder. That shared universe, as of recently, not even the last six or five movies have been taken in over $400 million at the box office. They're not even making, I'm not even breaking even, because there's a difference in business with, make, with obviously having a profit and versus making money versus breaking even. Those are three separate different things. Fans think, oh, this movie took in $500, $500 million on a $200 million budget. That means it made money. That's not how it works. And it tells you it's how it works. They're retarded, actually. They're actually just fucking stupid. I'll tell you that right now. Stop listening to those people. That means the casual fans have given up. The casual fans are like, I even think this is trash. That's really bad. Moms mm-hmm. with like five kids, dad who takes their daughter out because get she gets a good grade on a homework assignment. They're like, I'm good on this. That's really bad. Like, how do you reignite that? The casuals themselves gave up. Well, it's well, like I, I said earlier, the the they traded a hardcore audience for the fickle and flippant, flighty, mm-hmm. uh, normie general audience crowd. And after they chased away the hardcore fans, which we were the ones that were generating all the hype. We were the mm-hmm. ones that would do all the talking about all this stuff. We would be the ones that buy all the merch, see the films multiple times in theaters, in IMAX, you know, maybe even IMAX 3D. We're the ones that spend all the money on this that winds up making that product newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Now we're not doing that anymore. They're not seeing those merch sales. They're not seeing those ticket sales. They're not seeing... People aren't walking around with the t-shirts all the time anymore or the backpacks or whatever else. It, merch is the best measure of how well your property is doing because that's where your profit is going to be. The, mm-hmm. the films, no, because the films, you've got to pay back your investors. The theater gets a cut. There's the marketing, which is usually at least half again what your mm-hmm. actual production budget is. So the when when a lot of these websites like Screen Rant and whatnot are re- reporting on how much money a movie makes, when they say this movie made, uh, you know, it it crossed the break even point. No, <laughs> no, its break even point is actually double what it just made right now because mm-hmm. it's still in the red. It's, it's so and crazy they, how they put that stuff out there. Like people are actually so stupid. They actually talk to you guys like you're dumb, and no one catches on to this. Because well, because well, the general audience is dumb. They don't they don't know any better. Um, and and certainly the people on uh, on social media are dumb and don't know any better, and they don't care to know because they're not actually fans. At the end of the day, they they don't care. They yeah. just care if it's popular or not. That's that's the end all be all for them. That's why merch is the important measure. So mm-hmm. when you look at Star Wars merch and it's piling up like the Andes Mountains mm-hmm. over at Ollie's because they still can't move stuff from the Last Jedi that's been sitting there for eighty five years. That tells you that the the property itself is not in a good place because the right. people who buy the merch aren't buying the merch. 
the people that they're catering to already don't buy the merch. They're never going to buy the merch because only actual fans end up buying the merch. Let me use an example. The films are meant to advertise and get people excited mm-hmm. for the merch. That may, it's supposed to make me want to go buy a Black Series uh, Force FX lightsaber that costs two hundred dollars. I, I mean, I'm I'm the creative director at a, at a comic book for a black man. Out. I do. What yeah. they told me? You people are like racist and white supremacists. That's what the media that's, told me. That's, that would that's be really awkward for us. That would be awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah be super awkward. Yeah, we're we're, we're a, and we're, we're the we're, minority at work. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> we're we're actually a black majority company. <laughs> More than I think. About it. We, we did hire one ginger because we needed to be diverse. So we we, we made yeah. sure to do that. Yeah, we, we, we did. We did. Bring I want to I want to point out people how stupid they talk to you guys in some of these articles. Okay, so let's use an example: the Marvels. They said had a two hundred million dollar budget. We're looking at small numbers here. They said it needed to break. $419 million worldwide to break even. That's already wrong because we can judge it by another movie that came out earlier this year. The Flash had a $200 million budget, right? The Flash needed, at break-even point, $750 million. That's break-even. That's not making money or profit. That's just break-even. I mean, you just you basically lost. Let's just say that, right? So how would the Marvels need less money to make than The Flash if they had the same budget? That wouldn't even make th- my my brain was actually melting with age. Well, some of life. that comes down to um, when that film started going into production, because then sure. inflation mm-hmm. becomes uh, a factor. And with the Flash, especially that that production got started several years ago, mm-hmm. and so the the money that they borrowed in order to make that money had compounding interest. There's inflation uh, involved, so there are a number of factors, but still. That four hundred and and change million is not the break even point, not by a long shot. Yeah, for for and the like, even that if they're movie, trying to talk to, I, I cannot see that movie actually making money. Even even if they were talking to like straight up morons, how can a how can a person who's not even good at math go? Wait a minute, how could two movies of the same budget caliber? Why would why would one need less to break even, but the other one needs this much? It's guys, it's clear deception. They have to basically spin a narrative. I mean, talked to a girl who actually worked in journalist too. They literally have they. Basically, the mindset is people can't take the truth, so we'll just kind of spin the truth to them. That's kind of what the hell they think. And it's terrible. That's just horrible. I'd rather someone just tell me the truth and I just know what the consequences and I functionally make better decisions if knowing the truth. I'd rather someone lied to me. It's like maybe if I was bad at sex with my wife and she's like, you're really bad at this. Can you please fix it? I'll go, man, that freaking sucks. But I would try to do better at it, you know? Rather her just being, her just pretending to love what I was doing just to make me feel better and not tell me if I was bad at sex, actually. Probably a bad example, but I guess you guys understand the point here, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> the we'll truth always is better, people. Just just tell the truth, always. As the audience, I love being told the truth. It, tell tell me the it. truth always, or at least don't lie. That's true. That's what Jordan uh. Peterson says. Uh, Jordan Peterson. I love how on Daily Wire is a streaming service. He's just a category in of itself. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching his videos before he became a bad word, and that was weird. Lobster man bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, because when I was doing my psychology degree, I was always really motivated by Jordan Peterson and kind of like his take on things. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was one of the first pair persons uh he was one of the first individuals that when i was kind of perusing him he was talking about um the power of femininity in stories and one of the things that happens in today's day and age is that women are told in order for them to be strong they have to not be feminine 
right? So they have to forego the things that would make them like soft or kind. But he says, if you go and look at all the old fables where it's the woman who saves the day, um, she does it either with kind words or kind acts, um, or she does it with like, you know, kind of gentle love. And he says that that was really powerful because um, in a day, you know, in wartime, you know, individuals want to come home to love, right? So when you have a home that's got no love or no softness in it, then do you really have a home or do you just like have a box, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's the problem with the world now. Men are being told not to be men and women are told not to be women. They're, they're told mm -hmm. that you could just be the opposite. Yeah, because that's going to obviously have great results, right? No, guys, it doesn't. I'm being sarcastic. It's that actually it's a very terrible results, actually. Very bad, actually. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it's like telling a bird you shouldn't fly. It's just It has to be a cat. Like the bird needs to be a cat now. <laughs> well, aren't your dogs like cats? They kind of, you did ever like act like dogs, actually? <laughs> no, they're, um... They are definitely not cats. <laughs> huh. We never see Drew's dogs. Hmm. Oh, his I don't have. I don't. I don't have uh, dogs at my uh, my place of residence. My my family has a corgi, but she's with my parents. He's gonna end up buying all the huskies and giving them the best homes ever. Actually, yeah, they'd be my home. God, you would always know somebody broke in. Oh yeah. Oh god. I, I would well, always know that the dogs are still in the home, honestly, because because <laughs> yeah. you guys are you guys are taken, right? You guys are relationships. So everyone comes up here and asks all the time, how do people get better at making relationships or getting into a relationship with someone? Honestly. Best lady, ladies first, Kara. You've been married for a long time. You wouldn't know all the girls' secret, right? <laughs> oh yeah, friendly neighborhood woman here. Um <laughs> I get like so it's a kind of like a weird conflict of interest in that point, because first off, like in order to have relationships, you have to have interpersonal skills. So you have to be able to listen. And when I mean, listen, I don't mean like, like be in the room while the person's talking. I mean, like actually listen to what they're talking about, digest it, reflect on it and then respond to it. And that is so important right now because so many people, like when you talk to them, they never feel listened to. So, you know, when you say something like, you know, you know, you just asked me, it's like, you know, why can't, you know, people develop personal skills? Mm -hmm. um, you know, can you share that insight with me? And my insight is, you know, kind of blah, 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 you know, basically regurgitating what you're saying, but showing that I'm understanding what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and part of what at least I've witnessed um, at least as a woman, um, is that women are, are being told what they should be valuing, right? And what they're told to value aren't things that they actually want to value at the time. So, you know, maybe there's a young woman and she wants to get married and have kids, right? Well, society is saying that you shouldn't even get married until like you're 30 and you shouldn't be thinking about kids until later, right? You should be thinking about your career. You should be doing that, blah, 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 blah. You can pretty much pick up a rock and throw it at a Lotus Eater podcast video. And they've got an account of a woman who's really miserable because she did everything that society told her to do. And now she can't find somebody to spend her life with. Right. Um, and maybe it's because she's too feminist or she's too far in the career or things like that. And mm -hmm. then you also have like the one part of that coin where um when they have to make a choice between the career or the family, you know, either one is, is going to get impacted, right? So you, you won't be able to work the nonstop hours right now. Um, if you decide to have a family, like, I'll be honest, if I had a kid right now, it would be very hard for me to be as available to help out Eric when he needs me to, because my priorities would be different. I would have a youngling in the house. I would have to take care of them, make sure I was there when they were sick and all that other stuff. So, 
Yeah. So women being told what they want isn't what they instinctively want. Um, and if they try to voice that, then they're told that they're wrong. And then um, uh, we've got this strange movement of men becoming women and then telling women how to be women, which I don't really fully understand. Maybe somebody who's more enlightened than I am. They drink tap water. That. They drink Maybe. tap water as a kid. That's Oh, is that what it is? Oh, man, <laughs> drink tap water. <laughs> tap water is more regulated than bottled water. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then people trying to quantify what a happy relationship looks like as well. Um, while they're single. You know, it's weird. They try to do what you just said while they're single and never had a relationship. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. And then you've got bad examples. Like I love romance novels. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're great, but I also think that they can set you up for failure um, a little bit because they don't really talk about like the work that happens after marriage. Right. Like they just assume that you get married and you happily, you know, married happily ever after, after that. And they don't really talk about like some of the growing pains that you go through as a couple, as you continue throughout your, your marriage. I mean, all relationships are work. Like if you have a relationship and you, uh, you run into friction, you're like, Oh, it's too much work. I don't want this relationship. Then like, so anyway, I think I spiraled that way and came back again. So no, it's no, your no. turn, Andrew. Well, I mean, Fine. without going into the weeds or, or rabbit trailing this particular topic uh, <laughs> too far, I think just an important thing that is, far often overlooked, far too often overlooked, is uh, just ensuring that Caro touched on actually active listening, um, not just, you know, okay, the other person's talking, I kind of hear them. All right, but that's not the same thing as, as listening and then responding um, in an appropriate way. And listening to hear them first rather than listening just to have a response to it, right? You're trying to, a lot of people will start formulating the response to something before they've actually heard the person, truly heard them. Um, that's a huge issue. Another huge issue is um, so many people do this, and this is why so many relationships end up in failures. A lot of people will be in a relationship solely because it makes them feel better. Solely because it makes them uh, feel like they need this relationship in order to be happy. This person's effectively, whether whether it's malicious or not, that person is just a tool to them, a tool for their happiness, rather than being in a relationship because it elevates you both as individuals and you bring out the best in each other. Um, and I've been in relationships like that where, you know, you feel like, okay, so I'm basically just this person's security blanket. Um, and this person's kind of an emotional vampire and they're sucking all the life out of me. And because... I like making people happy. You know, I, I like the fact that this person's happier, but at the same time, it is robbing me of everything that I am. Right. And it has to be, you know, to use uh, full metal alchemist terms, a bit of equivalent exchange. Um, it has to, it has to balance out in some way. It doesn't have to be tit for tat because that's not healthy either. It, that's keeping score. That's, a, that's a whole other thing, but being in a relationship because it elevates you both as individuals and as a, as a whole, as a couple, that should be the point. Not because you need this person or because, or staying because they need you. That's, that's not mm -hmm. helping. The one other thing that I think gets massively overlooked is so, something that the the society keeps uh, promoting right now with women, which is basically you can go and be an OnlyFans girl or be sexually promiscuous. And then in 10 years from now, as she as Kara mentioned, like when you're 30, you can just get married and settle down. Okay, so there's a lot that happens in it in a lot of that. So 
promoting that kind of a lifestyle never has good results. I don't think I've met a person in my life that has done that and has actually had a legitimate good life of, of a happy ending. Not that they don't deserve it because you could obviously like feel bad for what you did and you think it's very really stupid what you do when you're younger. That's fine. That's not what, what they're promoting. They're promoting being sexually free and then and they want guys to be with these women and that's your standard for a woman. It's just a fucking town bicycle. That's actually just such a bad cycle. In of itself, it's a pun right there. But want all, and, and then also telling women that that's a good thing. I don't know if anyone's ever like listened during history. Women promiscuity has never been looked good upon ever, actually. Whether that's misogynistic or aesthetic, doesn't matter. It's never been looked good upon in general for since like the beginning of time, actually. So I don't know why there's this thing now where, where we basically promote women being whores, but then want to also kind of condemn them, even though they're the ones promoting it. It's a, it's a weird spiral these people are in. It's just it's actually just crazy when you really break it down. Maybe I'm nuts, you know? But Amaranth is my wife. I, I will definitely give her all my money and my paycheck, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, you want to talk about hoes. Just... <laughs> you mean e-thoughts. That's the new term now, actually. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's that's, what that's the called. political politically correct one. <laughs> also, on Twitch, you can't even type e-thought. I had e-thought as a topic. I had to literally change it because they wouldn't let me stream when I called a girl when I just had e-thoughts as a title. Yeah, and then you have to basically give money for sex work, even though sex work has kind of always been looked down upon in general. I don't know. It's, and this kind of goes back to the last thing I was mentioning, which is we become way too lenient as people. Being too strict is not great, but at least it has its pros and cons. Being too lenient leads into all this crazy shit. People have gotten way too lenient with everything. And, you know, people kind of saying, I'm going to do whatever I want. It's not always a good thing. You doing something that you want to do is not actually probably a good idea. But you know, what do I know? The media loves me. I can never do wrong, actually. My virus is always protected. BLM for life. Am I right, boys? Right, yeah. Uh, by <laughs> large mansions. That's, that's exactly correct. Oh, my God. Or as Eric likes to say, black lesbian mansions. That's, that's, what, that's what he always uh, called it. Alan Moore is like, I'll just give all my money to Black Lives Matter. You know you could just take your checks and go give it to black people, though. No, just Black Lives Matter. Oh, well, crazy. Am I right? Oh, then I, I know you guys are all based around like Iron Age stuff, right? So, you know, like there's a mm -hmm. lot of infighting with Iron Age people. Now, Drew put out a post about it. You talked about it too, as Carol did. But what do you guys think is the big issue with a lot of this stuff right now? When it comes to like creatives in the Iron Age space? Oh, well, it's not even, it, it's not even so much like an Iron Age thing. It's just anytime you get a collective body of people together, there's always going to be like friction points that happen. And that's why active listening and, and, and talking about things is really important. And unfortunately, the lost art of conversation is, is upon us. You know, people have a really hard time, you know, being able to express what it is that they want and hearing what other people because they go into conversations um, with a, an objective. And if, I guess if I had to give any kind of life advice, it's that when you talk to people, don't engage in conversations with a, this is the outcome that I want, because that's pretty much like how you're set up for failure at that point. Just, just have the conversation, let it flow and go from there. And sometimes it will morph into something better. So. I think people just need to, uh, people need to shift their focus. Um, people's focus should be on their audience. People's focus should be right. on uh, catering to the demographic that they profess to cater to. Um, if you are making a book about X and you are seeking X audience, make that your entire focus make as quality of a product as you can 
and put all your energy towards your audience because they're the ones that are going to prop you up. They're the ones that are going to mm -hmm. be there for you and rock with you as long as you fulfill on your promise of providing a quality product. Mm -hmm. Stop paying attention to everybody else. Just don't bother paying attention to other creators. They're, yeah. they're not the primary people buying your book. Just <laughs> focus on your audience because your audience yeah. outnumbers your fellow creators a thousand to one. And it's so, with, yeah, worry about the, the people, worry about the thousand with money that actually mm -hmm. are willing to buy your book rather than the one who probably is just going to ask you for a free review copy. Yeah, it's all, also the thing where I don't know if people know this when you start doing content or anything of this nature, don't try to have an audience as your family and friends. I know it sounds really fucked when you think about it, like your family and friends won't support your work, they'll support you in all lines of I'll follow you, I'll subscribe to you. That's that's literally all you get. And you might not even get that. That's it. Because people are looking for, I don't know, what's the people, they want this like validation that they're doing a good thing. No, as you point out, you could, you're going to get validation from your audience who like your work, actually. And also understanding that not, not only can you improve at your work, not everything you're going to create is going to be good. Where's this thing with people who go, ah, I have the next idea for the best superior of all time. That's not going to happen because that's just not how that works. Oh, you're Everyone not going to write just, the next yeah. one? Oh, me? He's not going to write I, the next Dune. <laughs> I, the next Dune, but not in space. Yeah. Where, where, where is it located? Uh, an amusement park. Oh. Okay, well, you're a clown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of depends on, like, what your creative maturity is as well, mm -hmm. because, I mean, um, I, I don't know how to word it. Um, what am I trying to say? Like I've written books and I've published books. And if you came to me and you're like, hey, do you think your book is any good? I'll be like, it's okay, right? And the reason I say it's okay is because I always think something can be worked on. I think it can be polished. I think I think things can always be better. But the thing about being a creative is that at some point you have to, to do the thing, put it out and move on. Because again, you don't want to spend 10 years making the same thing over and over again. Um, but instead, some individuals that I've run into that when they make a thing, they don't really take into account that, you know, the next thing could be better or that this thing may not be good. And they always want it to be like the best thing ever. And also on that, on that train, um, I do know that if they create something and it's not quite a success, they'll take it really hard, obviously, because they're all creative babies, right? It's my idea. It's my character, baby, my book, baby, my whatever, baby. There's a lot of investment that's in there. Um, and it's really hard when something fails like that to stop and take a look and say like, why did it fail? Did I put it out at the wrong time? Is it an overdone trope that's in the market right now? Um, did I deviate too far from the typical tone that I have? Like, I, I always joke that, um, Anne Rice lost her audience when she found God because the type of writing that she did just did a 180, right? She went from writing like, you know, bloody vampires and, and retelling, uh, of fables and, and naughty ways to, you know, you know, books about Jesus and things like that. And obviously her audience was like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it and left. Right. So. Well, yeah. You got to know your audience. You yeah. want to mm -hmm. cater that audience. That, mm -hmm. that's, that should always be your primary focus going back to that. Yeah. And, and too often people don't do that because either they're focused on maybe it's drama or they're chasing the wrong audience. Oh yeah. Usually being the, an audience drama that doesn't chasing. exist. I can't stay uh, on the drama chasing right now. I really can't. It's not even like in the comic books. It's like, it's it's in anything involving media because 
unfortunately, like what I really don't like about human nature is that we gravitate towards other people's business. That's not really something that we should be bothering with, which is why individuals like to read gossip magazines or eavesdrop or talk mm -hmm. about people that they know and stuff like that. And so like on one hand, it's like, oh, it's just harmless to sit here and listen to two authors like fight about something. But at the same time, it's like the only way they're getting noticed is by being negative and they could take that energy and I don't know, make more books. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also think it's another idea of people not understanding a market you're in as if like this is already a niche. So I think someone on a show earlier when I had that the show's episodes ago, someone pointed out this was kind of like a, a boutique industry. You know, you're all you are selling something niche. So if you get like niche results, that's kind of how this works though. This is not com yeah. comic books as a medium is a niche mm -hmm. niche market. It's a niche industry. And then if you deviate outside of what the the normal mainstream for that Mm -hmm. already niche market is then you're chasing something that's even more so niche right and so you're going to ultimately have a diminishing uh audience there right. um and that's why we end up with things like super small numbers and cancellations on when they change john kent uh to be gay or they do the same <laughs> thing with you know tim drake or the yeah. Iceman and all these other characters they keep doing this with because they are altering something that was very successful initially in a niche market and making it cater towards an even more niche market that largely already has little to no interest in the other niche right but now you're now you're going sub niche mm -hmm. and you you have a non-existent audience you are you're mm -hmm. chasing ghosts you're chasing you went too niche too yeah, niche or Right, I think I the main, mainstream, they'll do, they'll even do things like they'll give characters solo titles that only are actually cool and only are only propped up when they're around someone else. Like, mm -hmm. like Scarlet Witch, for example. Scarlet Witch is known because she's obviously, you know, Magnus' daughter. She has all these great psychic powers. But would you, would anybody really read stuff that's just solely based around her? It's like, I, does she would. have that opinion? If you, would, if you, yeah. had, if you, had, if you had, a, if you had a good enough writer attached to it, yeah. and you had a good yeah. premise. If yeah. you pitch yeah. a good premise, people people will be willing to read a, a good number of characters' solo books, or at least give it a once-over. Yeah, like the whole story with Scarlet Witch originally, where she basically kind of like rewrote the universe. And I always got, I, I took personal grievance with this. Um, So the whole reason that she did that was because she had a miscarriage, right? And she mm. was just going through that experience. And it was really traumatic for her like it would be. Um, and so she was like, no, I reject this reality and I replace it with my own. Right. And that was, that was its own story. It was such, it was so amazing. And I, and I absolutely love that that kind of um, life event could have that impact on a character. But then when the show came out, it was like my boyfriend's dead. And it was like, I'm not saying that boyfriend's dying is not as traumatic, but I was just kind of like, but, yeah. yeah, they made, they made the, the children, the secondary. Yeah. Uh. Goodness. And then you have this Iron Age stuff where people are, as you mentioned before, so focused on each other, going back and forth with each other. And, and it's called criticism, as people point out. There's good faith and there's bad faith. And I just will look at it as if, like, if I'm watching something or I'm reading something, if it if something never bothered me, I'm not going to point out that it bothered me because I'm just looking for brownie points. So, like, recently there's a picture of ISO number two or whatever where the guy's playing at this castle. And I'm sitting there going, like, if I read that, I just scroll through. I'll be like, all right, cool. Next page. I think people are trying, not just being too technical. I think people are criticizing things that they don't even see as problems as themselves. And they just say these things 
just because it's going to be a way to make themselves seem more smart. Because there's certain, you know, you have technical people that will review movies. They'll be like, this color of green really, really just ruined my experience. That really ruined your experience. Are you just serving me up a plate of shit? Actually. Well, it's all subjective, right? Like I'm yeah. about to like I'm about to do a podcast this this Friday and we're going to talk about a book. I did a book about podcasts. I know you guys are surprised. Um, but I ended up DNFing this book and it's a really popular book and um part of the so I DNFed it for two reasons. One is I have a problem with characters who make stupid decisions for the sake that a stupid decision needs to happen. So it, mm-hmm. it's not relevant, it doesn't fit the character, it doesn't do any of that, right? Um and I also have um I have a pet peeve with females that are written when that when they're written as in they're only smart so they can lecture men, but then they make really dumb choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so how smart are you actually? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you know, and I know some people can say like, well, it's a wisdom, ver- you know, it's a wisdom versus intellect stat. And I'm like, no, like th- this was literally done. So she could talk down to men and then do stupid things. Like the moment where I was like, not nope, closing the book and I'm, I'm done with this is like this chick was at this party and an elf came over and you know she's 19 so i know there's like that teenage thing that's factored into it but the guy was pretty much like hey you know what that's some elf wine it's really potent you know maybe you shouldn't drink that we have some regular wine over here and she's like no fuck that i'm gonna chug this glass and you know what since you're pissed off i'm gonna chug glass too as well and i was like what the fuck is happening right and then she basically was like hey now i'm totally wasted watch me dance and i literally spent like two pages just her describing her dancing in front of this band and i was like who is this for it's definitely not for me right but i want you to remember that i said this is a really popular book right it's really popular it's got a really it's got a really scary fan base actually like i was looking up these people defending this book they're pretty rabid right mm-hmm. um now is the book bad i don't know i know i don't like it Right. And I can go in there and I can criticize why I don't like it. I can talk about like the lack of descriptions. I can talk about, you know, uh, shallow characters, you know, pathetic agency, like all this other stuff. Like I can really like go ham on my commentary on this book. But the book was not written for a 40 year old woman who reads two books a week. OK, it was written for an 18 year old in high school who wanted to pass the time on the weekend. Right. So the quality of writing and the in the priorities. Right. Like just, you know, it's not for me. So I have to know that just like. Maybe when um, they want to be entertained, they are both. You know, kind of leaning towards like color style pastels and all of that. So it's it's it really just depends on what it is that you're looking for and knowing what it is that you like and you don't like is going to help you like avoid having like these weird confrontations on the internet it's like this sucks because the panel is green like, who gives a fuck if the panel is green i don't give a fuck it's it, it, like complaining that a bag of m&ms is yellow it's like it's like criticism that no one even cares for even if you said it it's like stuff that you don't even give a fuck about my god this bag of skittles is red there's okay, don't buy the bag, for, right? There's don't nitpicks bag. for attention. A lot of it's subjective. Like there, there are a mm-hmm. lot of artists mm-hmm. who people absolutely adore, and I don't like their art. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them bad artists because they could certainly do better than I can. But I would say eh, it's not for me. It's not my style. I don't, I don't, I don't care for it as much. I don't like it. Um, or, I'm, you know, I'm not likely going to pick up a book with that person's art. Um, but there's a lot of nitpicking. For attention and anytime you're a topic of conversation um it's that's just gonna 
without going too far into the weeds on mm -hmm. that particular topic, um, people are going to want to uh, pick apart your work and name drop you all the time in order mm -hmm. to attract attention to themselves because you're news, they're not, so they want to bring attention to them. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. Like when, like a couple of years ago, when I was first starting off on AuthorTube, that's what it was called. Um, I have, I have never really been shy about my, um, my critiques of Fifty Shades of Grey. I've, I've been, give me, I literally made a 40 minute video about why the book was trash. Um, and at one point this girl wanted to pick a fight with me about it. And, you know, she made a video, she name dropped me. I noticed it and I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. And I left it at that. And the more often I did not respond to this woman, like the more frantic she was to get my attention because she wanted me to respond to her. And so it got to the point where she actually finally reached out to me in a DM. She's like, have you watched any of my videos? And I was like, I saw one. Right. And she's like, well, I was thinking I could get your feedback on it. I was like, well, it sounds like you don't want to admit that the book made you horny. And so you're trying to justify why this abusive relationship is OK. And she's like, that's not what I'm trying to say. I was like, well, go make another <laughs> video about what I said to you and, and get your life. Like, I really don't care. Right. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I know I'm moving around. I'm making sounds. I pulled a muscle in my back and I think I'm going to have to go here in a minute. Yeah, yeah we're, wrap up anyway. we're, we're yeah. coming up on, on time to yeah. get there. Yeah, we're wrapping up anyway. So, well, as you guys know, it was great to have Andrew come on. He's been following me on Twitter because he hates me. He hates me so hard. Okay. I don't hate anybody. Well, that's not true. I hate people that don't like dogs. See, that cats are better. I'm team cats, actually. I used to have a cat. I understand, but I like dogs. Ugh, God. Well, as we'll close this out, you guys want to say anything about uh, I? I'm about this ISOM, uh, AlphaCore, Yaira coming up very soon. Actually, you should buy Battlebrick Road. That's what I think I'll say. You should yeah. buy Battlebrick Road. Check go. out Battlebrick Road Two by uh, mm -hmm. Eric Weathers. He's the letterer over at the Ripperverse, as well as one of the graphic artists. He also mm -hmm. letters just about everybody else's books in this space. So he's mm -hmm. multi-talent. Um, his book is doing well, but we think he can do even better because it's a fantastic piece of work i've got the first book and it the art in there it's is so good really really good in the concept i mean wizard of oz with guns who to thunk it power of gun <laughs> i'm here for it dorothy yeah. with power of gun yeah i'm, I'm here for it. it i'm here for it and great art to boot fun concept check it out absolutely and then get ready for alpha core that's that's coming soon yes yes and uh, last thing I'll say before we close this out is if you guys genuinely want different content outside of the mainstream stuff, don't just say you do. Actually go and, you know, with your wallet, actually pay it. A lot of mm -hmm. people are like this. They'll say they'll do something, but they don't. Yeah, don't be like that. That makes you just a piece of shit. Just if you want to support it and you genuinely want to support it, actually do it. There's no sense in complaining about something if you don't actually put your money down to support something else that could be bringing you escapism, you know? And yeah. we'll see you guys later. Have a great night. A great day. We're still in the fucking daytime. Yeah. We'll, we'll be live later on. We'll see you guys later. Have a